Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hume, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. How are you? I hope you're well. As usual, we talk about all the latest headlines, and today we're going to talk about what you can do if you're finding that your property is just kind of not moving or the chain's broken down and what you can do to try and get that back on board. But before we do, let's go with the latest headlines. Firstly, something from what we find these days is a lot of the property headlines are by one journalist, but it spans a number of papers. For instance, this article is written both in the Times and the Telegraph, and it says houses are rising, prices are rising fastest in and around city centres. And new data reveals that house prices are rising fastest once again in and around city centres and falling in some suburbs. As the COVID race for space goes into reverse, the pandemic lockdown restrictions and the shift to home working drove stronger house price growth in suburban and rural areas. However, analysis by Halifax found that since the beginning of the year, property prices in cities have climbed by 9.2%, whilst in surrounding areas and the suburbs, that's been by 7.9%. Andrew Assam, Halifax Mortgage Director, said, as daily life started getting back to normal for many, the opportunity to live in city centres became more attractive again, driving up demand. Halifax found that prices in Manchester have risen by 11.5% so far this year, but just north of the city, prices in Bury are only 1.5% higher. In Scotland, prices in Edinburgh have increased on average by about 12.9% in 2022, compared with 6.1% on the outskirts. Well, that's a really interesting trend because it wasn't that long ago. You know, we used to have this saying uh, in property that if you dropped a stone in central London, then the price rises would come from the centre of London and the ripples would gradually come out like waves as the super rich gobbled up the central parts of London. And then the fairly rich started to gobble up the periphery areas. I say periphery, but still very posh by our standards. Uh, So what I'm saying is that Knightsbridge, for instance, might be occupied by mainly super rich, but then Chelsea would be rich and then Fulham would be rich, but not quite so, and so on back down the chain until you come to the London suburbs, pretty much like our own. And so it's interesting to see now, though, that what happened during the pandemic was that that trend totally reversed. And people started saying, hey, I can work from home now. I'm going to go to Brighton or a coastal area or the Lake District or beautiful areas where they could commute by telecommuting and Zoom and therefore not have the daily grind of having to locate somewhere near to the city. They took advantage of that to live somewhere beautiful. And why not? And that was also due to the pandemic and, of course, people worrying about contamination in a a busy city. But now it's interesting to see that's reversed. Now the pandemic seems to have eased off. Let's hope we don't get another wave this winter. It's certainly looking promising so far. Uh, As I speak, it looks like, well, it doesn't look like it actually is the case that Boris Johnson has just withdrawn from the race over the weekend for the new PM. (laughs) We've said unprecedented times too many times on this podcast, but it does feel like it again, doesn't it? A most likely winner, I think, is Rishi Sunak, as things stand. And I think that's probably a good thing for the economy because what we need right now is stability. I think that's really important. And um, he, I think, can bring it above anyone else within the Tory party anyway. And interestingly, another article in the Sunday Telegraph, mortgage rates have fallen for the first time since the start of September in an early sign that Jerry Hunt's decision to reverse the majority of 
the policies in the mini budget calmed the market. Data from MoneyFacts revealed the average rate on a two-year fixed rate deal fell from 6.65 to 6.55. Now, this is only a 0.1 percentage drop in rates, and it will reduce the cost of a £200,000 loan by £200 a year. So hardly big numbers. The average rate on a five-year fixed deal also fell for the first strike dropping to 6.51, from 6.51 to 6.43 between Thursday and Friday, meaning a buyer would pay £800 less in interest over the course of the five years. Again, a drop in the ocean, really. However, two- and five-year fixed-rate deals remain 38% and 35% higher than September 23, when the mini-budget was announced. September 23rd, that is, of course, not 2023. <laughs> um, so that's interesting because it just goes to show how the markets directly affect interest rates. Now, the next most important time in the mortgage rates calendar is going to be early November. And this is because we have the next meeting of the Monetary Policy Committee. I think it's on the 3rd of November or thereabouts. And we have a very interesting chat with one of the prominent mortgage brokers in the UK from DM Mortgages just after that. So listen out for that, asking what effect and what impact it's had. And uh, we'll be getting the action from the horse's mouth, so to speak, in terms of people that are working on the front line and seeing what impact that will have and having experience of that field. It would be really interesting to see how they see the impact of that. An article in the Sunday Telegraph again, estate agents have revealed tenants are now being forced to offer more than the asking price on one third of new tenancies across London and the home counties. Yeah, now this is no surprise for us because this is exactly our experience right now. It's absolutely crazy out there. There's a real lack of stock for rental and it will affect the economy, in my view, because you can't have a city with mobility without property availability. And this is becoming a chronic shortage now. Um, David Mumby of Knight Frank said this was driven by a chronic shortage of available properties. He said the number had fallen by about two thirds since before the pandemic. And many renters are paying now 10 to 15 percent more to renew their tenancies rather than risk even steeper rises elsewhere. And that's if they can find. He added that demand for rental properties has soared as workers return to the office and more first time buyers have been shut out of the property market because of rising interest rates. Well, of course, this is also the case that many people that were considering taking out a mortgage now, especially first time buyers, may have been shut out because of rising mortgage rates. Also, because lenders have cracked down much more now on small deposit lending and Many deals have been withdrawn from the market um, and banks have actually there's an article in the Financial Times today saying that data from consumer site MoneyFacts has found that banks have withdrawn 60 percent of mortgages for customers with small deposits since the start of the year. So if you put that together with those that are just not sure or not comfortable buying right now, what you have is an ever increasing number of people looking to rent and no more stock available. Um, so that's a really interesting um, trend and we'll keep an eye on that for you and keep reporting on it for you. But it does seem at the moment that there is no end to the frustration of tenants right now. Landlords are setting up own companies with buy to let property. Uh, this is now because of the Section 24 Act, meaning that landlords could no longer deduct tax from their interest payments, particularly company structures have become an increasingly popular choice for landlords since a crackdown on buy to let rules, meaning it's now usually more lucrative to have the holding buy to let property in your own name 
than holding it in your own name rather. This is because rental income is treated as a business profit and subject to corporation tax at 19% rather than the 20% basic rate of income tax or 40% higher rate. Well, that's true, but it also means that they can offset their interest payments against the rental. And that's the biggest one, in my view, although the tax rates are important. The most important thing is Section 24 withdrew the ability of smaller landlords or any landlords come to that buying in their own names from deducting the interest payments on their mortgages. And that caused a massive withdrawal of landlords from the market, which we're still seeing today. A UK housing sales have fallen and are likely to fall further, according to the Daily Mail and The Guardian. They're saying that figures from HMRC show the number of homes sold in the UK in September fell by 37 percent compared with the same month in 2021. Across the UK, 103,930 transactions were recorded during the month, roughly the same amount as in August and a more normal level, given the spike seen as a result of the pandemic stamp duty holiday. Sarah Coles, a senior personal finance analyst at Harbury's Lansdowne said mortgage rates will feed into completion figures towards the end of this year and into the beginning of 2023, which she expects to be down further. She added sales agreed in the coming weeks are likely to look far uglier as the chaos unleashed by the mini budget pushed mortgages well out of reach for an awful lot. We can expect then this to hit completion figures towards the end of this year and into 2023, when today's sense of mounting dread feeds into the figures. And on from that, an article in the Times that says that house sellers are achieving less than their asking price. Well, this is saying Hamptons are saying that the house sellers achieve less than their asking price for the first time this year. I'll come back on to asking prices in a moment because I do think it's important how we frame that is really, really essential to look at. The estate agency, however, found that over the past two weeks, the average home sold for 99.9% of its asking price, down from highs of 101% achieved last year. The level of prices achieved is expected to fall further over the next few months as buyers find it harder to borrow or think it will be too expensive. Meanwhile, mortgage lender Santander said the number of applications was down this year by just under 5%, although this does not distinguish between those applying to remortgage and those wanting to buy another property. Private Finance, a mortgage broker, said inquiry levels during the past two weeks had been 26% lower than last year, driven by lower demand among first-time buyers. Chris Sykes of Private Finance said the increased cost of borrowing and lower consumer confidence will have had an impact on many borrowers' plans and delayed some people's decision to buy. Yeah, no question about that at all. Um, So just on that, yes, you will find that there are people out there that are getting less than their asking price. But you have to remember on the other side of these things that it depends which value are valued that property in the first place. And quite often there are many estate agents out there that will overvalue your home in order to tell you an optimistic figure in order to get you to sign up to a very long sole agency contract. And then they won't be able to fulfill the price. Uh, The way this works is in a rising market. People are relying on our estate agents that give you such suggestions are relying on the market rising further. And therefore, the plan is they say you're worth X now. Add 10 percent onto that in the hope that the market might go up 10 percent and then give you that figure. And the reason they do that is they know that that will be a higher figure than other agents opinions. And so 
don't always be led by what an agent's saying in price because often the ones coming out with the very high prices are telling you that to get you to sign up to a very long sole agency. And this is the yardstick. You know, many of these agency agreements are for very, very long periods of time, three, four, even six months. And during that time, of course, those same agents have the opportunity to come back to you and ask you to reduce your price. And you have no opportunity to get out of the very long contract that you've signed up for. So if an agent says that they're very confident about a very high figure, our advice to you is make sure you give them a very short contract, maybe four to six weeks, because that way, if what they're saying is true, then they have the opportunity to prove it. And if not, you have the opportunity to move, which is critical in a market where sales and demand is falling. So in terms of what you can do if you're on the market and maybe you've got a sale going through and somebody's asking for a big reduction, one of the things that we always look to do is try and reduce the impact on our sellers if this happens. And the way we can do that sometimes is to go through the chain. So what this means is, for instance, if your buyer has approached you and asked for a reduction of 5% on the asking price and that 5% is, say, £50,000, one move would be to go up the chain if you've got a chain of 10 and ask for £5,000 from each of the onward chain in order to try and hold the sale together. Or maybe someone in the train chain is more driven than another, or maybe the top of the chain has more equity and isn't so bothered about the difference in price. But if you speak to everybody in the chain and have dialogue, in our experience, many, many times you can still hold the sale together. Of course, it does rely on the size of your chain and the motivation and opinion of everybody else in the chain, but it's certainly well worth a go before you lose that buyer in a difficult market. Now, what can you do if you're on the market and you're finding that it's difficult to sell right now? Well, there are always a number of choices on that, um, but we wanted to give you a clear guide on what's going on. I mean, a lot of the time, there's a clear mismatch between the price the presentation, the promotion strategy of the average agent. And what I mean by that is that, first of all, if the price isn't reflective of the current market, then people will not view. And one of the common arguments we see from vendors is, well, if they're going to offer less, why don't they just view anyway? And the answer is, if there are cheaper things in the area, then they'll view that instead, because buyers don't care what you as a seller want to achieve. That's not in their interest. What they care about is how you compare with other properties in the marketplace. And if you're no longer competitive, you need to revise that price. If you are competitive, perhaps it's your marketing that needs revamping. And that might mean new photographs, a change of agents. The advantage a change of agents can give you is, of course, a refreshing of the marketing and a new release. One of the things that will happen on the property portals if you go to another agent is that you'll come up as a new listing. And this can be critical in presenting the property to the market again and getting the maximum number of eyeballs onto the page. This is really important. If you find that that's not successful, there are other things that you can do as well. Obviously, you can look at the photographs and the order of those photographs, because, of course, when people are browsing through the likes of Rightmove and Zoopla, they may have seen your home all too often. And in order to make them click on that link, just changing the photograph can have a massive impact. So, for, for instance, maybe you've currently got a picture of the outside of your building or your flat or your house on the first shot that people see on that listing. Perhaps change that for a shot of the kitchen or whatever the money shot is of your property. And by money shot, I mean the most attractive picture that might make people click this time around. So in terms of other options, well, price is always the 
big motivation for people and you can never underestimate the importance of price. Having said that, it should always be on a sweet spot and we call it our zero pricing strategy, but we always like to price a property on a price that can be searched on Rightmove. So the thing to do is look at the price you're currently quoting and if it falls between two prices, then you won't get as many eyeballs as if it falls on a price range. Example, if you're on the market for 530,000, there isn't a price range for that. There is one at 550 and there is one at 500. So it might be more beneficial if you change your price to offers over 500,000 as opposed to leaving it on at 530 because that will bring a new set of eyeballs on it of those looking up to 500,000 that it's currently invisible to. Remember, people can only see it at the moment if they're viewing at 550,000, that's 50,000 more. And the other thing to bear in mind is many people advertise that are actually looking up to 500,000 will end up going the extra mile and paying the higher figure in due course. So it's well worth considering whether or not you could bring down that price. And of course, how you compare with the competition is really important too. A good agent will always look to protect your price and defend it and get you the best possible price. But by the same token, there are these little weapons that you have available to you. So what options do you have if you're thinking of selling? You're with another agent at the moment and you're just struggling to sell. Well, option one is just wait it out, leave your place on the market and hope the lack of competition during the winter months generates more viewings. Um, without changing your marketing or pricing, this strategy is passive at best and relies a lot on luck. And your likely success rate, we gauge at about 30% with that strategy. Option two is to take a break, remove it from the market, wait till the more traditional home selling time comes in the spring. And the danger here is that all signs are pointing towards a dramatic change in the market conditions and some major price adjustments. Likely success rate is 50% though. So you will up your likelihood of selling, but the difficulty is the price may differ. Option three is to revamp. Take your home off the market temporarily, then with a new agent, to allow for new alerts to be sent online and it to register as a new fresh instruction on the major portals, refresh the photographs, the styling, the written description, the brochure, and then relaunch it back to the market looking completely new and fresh. And timing's really critical here with a window to take action closing literally every day. But the likely success rate on this is 70%. So it's well worth considering. In terms of the market generally, we're finding but it has slowed down a lot. A lot of people are calling for information, though. I always find it's, you know, people worry in these kind of scenarios. And we are at a pretty dark patch, aren't we? We're in the middle of the second uh, election that we can't take part in for a new prime minister. Um, unprecedented is a term that we seem to hear time and time again. We've got the fuel crisis, Ukraine, interest rates rising and, you know, the poverty crisis as well. You know, people are worrying whether to heat or eat. Things are very bad out there with inflation as high as it is. And um, there's no denying that it is what it is in effect. But there are always people moving. Two things I can tell you. We're still getting calls from people wanting to sell and we're still getting calls from people wanting to buy. Because what happens is that both ends of the market tend to shrink, not just buying and not just selling. So we'll have less people registering to buy, but also less people registering to sell. So as long as those two figures marry up, it's not the end of the world. And actually, quite often, the likely price of your sale is not the most important thing. It's a bit of a myth, really. A good example is if you have equity in your property and you're selling at 500000 to buy at a million, if you're fortunate enough to be in that position, 
then the market drops by 10%. Okay, so instead of selling at 500,000, you're selling at 450,000. Gosh, you've lost 50,000 pounds, you ask. That's a lot of money. Agreed. But if you're buying at a million, that's dropped by 100,000 pounds, meaning that you've gained 50,000 pounds. Well worth thinking about if you're on the way up. When the market's coming down, it's the best time for you to move. Uh, conversely, if you're going the other way, then it's more tricky, of course. But if it's a neutral move, and often it is, i.e. you're selling for £500,000 in one area to move at around the same level in another area, then actually it's neutral. In other words, you're taking that pot of money you have, that 500000 and you're just moving it to another area. There's no reason why that move can't go ahead, regardless of whether your property's worth 100000 or 500000 provided you can buy a house for a similar price in the area you want to be in for the price you expect to pay or less. So it's well worth considering the move still outside of the obvious answers, because sometimes, you know, when everyone's being fearful, you need to be greedy. And when everyone's being greedy, you need to be fearful. So, you know, it's not necessarily a bad or a good time. It does depend on your specific circumstances. And that's something we're always happy to advise you on. Please, as always, do send in your questions to the Property of Buyer and Sellers podcast here. Ken at jamesalexander.com or give me a call 0208-679-8601. Tell us what your questions are and we will bring them to you on the podcast weekly so we can really get those answers out there to people that are trying to sell or trying to rent first-time landlords, first-time sellers. We're here for you. We've got you back. That's what the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast is all about. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with another edition. Until then, look after yourselves and if you can, your family and friends. Ciao. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production. 